0: This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay. So, before Yontif, like always, we'd like to do something inside. Um, this is again from Argudaliov. We've done pieces in the last few times. Um, for those of you who don't remember or whatever, it's Rebidah Yashor Zuchay He was a unique American product. He was born in the 20s or maybe a bit earlier. Um, from the 1st homegrown Tamil uh, Chachamim, he combined, he was a, a genius, he combined being a big talmud Chacham and had a strong hand in Chassidish Sfarim, machshavas farm. He was a Shiva Tavidas and he passed away I think he must have been in the 60s in about 1980, 81, those years. And they've put out um <coughs> on Chumash and Tovim. And his pieces, is here as a way of giving over things from deeper Makoros in a way that actually we can get something from it. So I would like to do a piece inside. This piece over here is... It's it's a few. There's alephes, Gimodala, They're all part of one larger theme. It's it's one larger piece. Basically, I guess the introduction is we have we were given two luchos, um, two sets of luchos. It sounds as if well, we had one. We we uh, it sinned. We lost. We got. We did chuva, We got back. We got it back. It sounds like a sort of. A bidevut um, situation. In other words, basically, all we did was we got it back, like Lahavda, like a child who's naughty, and you know, you took away the toy, you gave back the toy. It doesn't seem to be anything other than that. But we need to understand that when it comes to something like the Luchos, we're talking about Torah, and it probably means that Torah was given in two different ways. Um, in other words appropriate for us when we were pure and at a with no sin and then re-given to us in a way that's appropriate to us after we sinned and there are going to be differences um, we're going to look for differences that are not uh, essential differences, the same Torah but in the way you're giving it um, a better way of looking at it would be when you try to explain something to someone and you see you're getting a blank look and you know the person doesn't seem to get it, you will re-explain it. You're going to hope to keep the same um, definition. You hope you're going to keep. You're describing the same item, but you're going to re-describe it in a way that the person can understand it. This would be similar, but it would be more in the way of. The Luchos would represent Torah in a way that was more compatible with Kalisra at that time. And we're going to have to also try to get a sense of, do we still have anything other than a history of the first Luchos? Is this still meaningful in any way? That's, those are the points that he's going to try to touch on. I'm going to start with the Aleph, not the one before, but the Aleph. Siv, it says, The luchos were uh, the work of God. And the lettering was also divine, and they were inscribed on the luchos. In other words, you had um, two items specifically defined as divine. The physical luchos, the stone, and the inscription on it. Evedor Shul Chazal Be'erven, Chazal say, altikri tikri Choros Don't read it, Choros, which means inscribed, and it's definitely the Pshat. Alecheiros, it means free. V'cheinamru Choros Mitzharu Malachah a person who is engaged in Torah is free from Malachah and Yitzharu. So Chazal take the Pasik, it's quite famous, this Russia, and they sort of move it away in a very different direction. Um, Chazal many times in Agadita, do do something like that. They will give us a different reading which is technically fits the letters, but definitely is out of context. But utsrichon das ki Chazal, tikri. So he uses a principle that the Shalak Kaddish writes that anytime you have Chazal take these type of drushes, where they take a word that has a clear meaning and context and they sort of put in different vowels, so that it means something very different, they dash or something from it. It's, it's it's certainly not the shot of the pusik, but it has some sort of link other than the playing with the words. In other words, it's not just simply a acute device for a drusha. you need a PUSIC and you want to make a point, so you sort of stick the two together. But even though you've gone far away from the simple meaning, but if this is the place where Chazal anchored it, that's where um, it's going to have some connection. This is an idea that actually is, is in many places, i just maybe take a minute to talk about it. The, the part in the Gemara that's called Halacha has clearly defined sections. It's not perfect. Anyone who's learned Talmud knows that not every Sugib might be a Masech but by and large, it's there. And by and large, the, the majority of it fits there. Agadita, the part that's the medrash type (coughs) part of it doesn't have clear places where it's at sometimes it just goes off on a tangent and almost as if as an afterthought stuck into a place Reb Tzaddik, who he draws a lot from it, it's the same idea says that even though it doesn't seem to have any, any connection but if you look at it it's going to be that in some deeper way there's a connection with it Chazal didn't throw their words idly around so if they were looking to say something that a person who studies Torah has a certain freedom from his it, it's a horror, is able to pull away from it, a certain freedom of death, they, they, and they use it, the word charos and it will be something that has a connection, and he's going to try to um, find that. So next paragraph. Matzina shama chazal, beguf, kaskar begvilin. The say that um, when a Sefer Torah, chazal give a marshal, when a Sefer Torah burns, it's like a body, and the, 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 the parchment or the medium that contains Torah is like a body, and the words are like the soul. So the body-soul analogy is used widely. The writing, the information, the content is like the soul. So when you have the stone and the writing on it, you have the guf and the maselokim. It says in the Pesach that even the stone was divine. What does that mean? Stone is stone. Of course, stone is divine. I mean, everything Hashem made, but, but if, you, if you're distinguishing, so the writing... Yes, the one who Kaviyachol wrote was a Kabbalists Baruch Hu, and the information, the content is Hashem. But what does it mean? The stone is. So it says Ki Or Haneshama Hoyemir Tochaguf, VeGama Guf Nesalis Echam Neshama. So the the um, the idea of the of the luchos, and he adds a point, VeZer Pirish Chorus Al Luchos. When you say something is engraved, chorus, when you write on something, there are two separate entities in proximity. You have the medium, the the, the the parchment, the the whatever, or the stone, and the paint or the ink or whatever you're writing with. But we, we, there are two separate entities. When you engrave something in something the writing and information becomes one, in a way, with the medium. So, so when, when Torah is described as the word of God engraved in stone, that means to delineate that the stone had become divine as well. Now, on a stone and a person, on it's, it's, um, um, a stone and, 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 and the writing, that's miraculous, we don't quite understand it. The Chazal say certain miracles. But I'd like to understand the analogy to a person. We have different levels of how we relate to what we understand. We are on the neshama. Every person has an neshama. Every person's neshama um, wants good. And every person has a body. And the body starts by wanting other things. Not bad, not good, just wanting physical things. As a person progresses, progression is measured by how much the reflexes of the body, the instincts of the body, become identical to the neshama. As as long as I need to force myself to do something, as long as I need to tell myself to do something, that means what I understand and what I instinctively, reflexively would do is different as it becomes one becomes synchronized with the other it becomes one and therefore when it says that the luchos that were given were luchos masalekim va michtav it means the writing in the luchos had turned the luchos into something akin to the writing itself it had permeated it and become one with it so just like imagine when you, if if you have um, a mineral covering something, most minerals are opaque and the light doesn't come through. As the substance becomes more clear, at some point, um, if you have something extremely clear, um, like like I mean we take it for granted glass or a diamond, whatever it is. It, the light will come through completely, and you will not even you, you you'd have a hard time telling that there's any substance there because the light seems to go right through it. It actually, I mean, we take it for granted to grow up with glass. In the old old days, even before I was born, um, glass was something that was a, a, a commodity. It wasn't something that was easy to come by. When people make a mistake when it says in the Gemara Chalon. It doesn't mean a window with a glass window windowpane. Um, you, you had to be an emperor to afford glass. It, it meant a hole in the wall. That's literally what a chalon means. That, that's, it, it was a hole with, with, a, with, a, with something that they stopped it up with. Um, glass, but, but it was something that would fascinate generations of, of thinkers. Like, if the glass exists, then how does it let the light go through? Like, like why isn't it stopping the light like everything else is? It, it seemed counterintuitive. They obviously didn't know about the crystalline structure. They didn't, didn't have any of, of the signs we have. But it's something that, you know, it, 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 the idea that the light fills up something, and so it's almost as if the material is, is not there. That's the muscle of something that's engraved. So it had become so refined that the aura of Torah went through it, and that was the madriga of Torah as was given there. Next paragraph. So this was commensurate to Kalal Yisrael's madrega. The type of Torah where the expectation is that the medium and the message become one needed a people that had that same type of um, madrega. So just like the luchos and the neshama were one, haksav, um, And then he brings a message like that, that everything HaKadosh Baruch created, nafsham min on the next page, So he says, when you have... Together with um, a person doing Ratzah Shamayim, you get that type of you get that type of <coughs> relationship. Um, the next paragraph on one fifty six, Amar So this is a very famous Chazal. When Klal Yisrael um, said Nasu before Nishma. So, so Chazal said, wow, this is awesome. basel came out and said, only Malachim have this. What does it mean? What does it mean, the Nasa before the Nishma? What, 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 I mean, is it, does it mean a willingness to do it, even though they don't know what it is? That's not quite, that doesn't go far enough, because that wouldn't be a good description. Of of the malachim's desire to do it, he says the naseh coming before the nishma is that. Um, let's let's give an example. A person who is a novice in any field, business, doctor, whatever, and a problem comes. So the person um, the person thinks, aha, this is the issue. Let me let me see what I can. Remember and, and so on And I'll, I'll apply it And I'll think about it and I'll do it this way That's the norm for a person Who's a beginner A person who's a seasoned businessman Or doctor or, or soldier His instincts um, Are first And then He will try to He'll reflect and say What was it about it that I push back or I ran or I jumped or whatever whatever it is because somehow his body becomes in tune and whatever level so if a person a business deal and he will instinctively either move forward or reject it and then he might have to collect his thoughts and get a sense of why the, 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 when a persons is a ruisticistic person he jumps. At the right thing to do it, and it's only later that he can put into words. But um, if but, but if but if a person has to struggle, he first needs to think about it, you know, grapple with it, and do it. So, nasa coming before nishma is an almost impossible human feat. We do have a body that has its own sense of things, and its own desires, and its and and and, and so on. And uh, that the body should reflexively jump at something, Ruchnius. It's just like, you know, we're not born givers. With all the nice things about young, innocent children, anyone who's had a young, innocent child knows that giving a toy to someone else is not priority for a young child. That, that, that's uh, that's um, the... the um, it, it takes, you know, so first we're told whether we like it or not we're going to give it, and then we are explained why it's important. And, you know, but on the other hand... A mother will instinctively give a child before she takes for herself. She'll take the bite out of her mouth and give it to the child. It, it's it's yes, it's that's is ingrained in us, but at the but but it's we, we see it's a process where certain things that are um, virtuous, certain things that are, are, are above material, they're still ingrained in us. So the the the, the, the in Ruchnius you have a madrega of nasa vanishma meaning we had an instinctive sense that it's good and we jumped at it and then we said we would like to understand it also. Um, that same businessman, he, he may trust intuition and even though he'll puzzle, why was it, what set me off and I didn't like it. I'm trying to, he may, he may struggle, he might never come to be able to uh, articulate it or to formulate exactly why but still it's there by him. the he says, next paragraph, when we get to that Madrega, when the earth in the Shema suffuses the Guf, Vaguf nizdacher kolkach, achenaser, echerem in the Shema, lo shayer inion shall miss a clau, kikola inion shall miss a bommitzar a Guf, au shachir shall gov nim shachasman a Shema, mezachayim, os misa shallotel Guf. So he says here a profound thought. And let's mull over it a bit. Hazal say that, you know, that there was no Misa, that if a person gets cheiros, gets freedom from death. What does it mean, freedom from death? Everyone dies. What does it mean, freedom from death? So we, every single person who's on a Madriga, any physical Madriga, our sense of self is somewhat, or greatly, or mostly, tied to our sense of body. And yes, we believe in a shaman. We believe there's no We believe is better. But there's still a part of me that is not is gone, and and that's why we struggle with death because it's 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 not possible for a person to have a sense of losing oneself and and, and be be kind of uh, okay with it. It's not, there's no such thing. The madrega of a person who really perceives self as an ishamer and and um, and, and he, his whole sense of self is nishama then the body becomes like an article of clothing. It's something where it's like, you know, you might have had a favorite suit of some sort. It's, it's, it's gone, it's gone. There's no, there's no sense of attachment. But that's a madrega where our entire self has moved from the guf to nishama. Uh, that's the end of the road madrega. And that's a type of madrega like that. So in other words, when it says that there would not have been death afterwards when it says that a person who is has the chorus, the chorus in the luchos, if the Torah is a madriga of being engraved with it's part and parcel of the thing itself, then it's, it's um, then he moves to that freedom. There's a very fascinating observation, it's uh, Rav Soloveitchik wrote Halacha, which is a description of um, I guess the, the the mindset, the understanding of brisk, um, as or as some uh, let's once said, it's the philosophy of the people that never had a philosophy. That was the, the, the sort of they, they were bale halacha. That's ish halacha, It speaks about the, the how the entirety of halacha was their entire life. And, and he sort of brings out the, the beauty of it and, and why it's unique and so on. So he brings a story about his grandfather Reb Chaim, who was generally Reb Chaim, Salvech, Reb Chaim He was an upbeat person, but when he would think of death, he would get morose And um, but when he would start learning aholos, aholos deals with the tuma that a dead person creates. He would be back his old self. His explanation of it was... His, his understanding was... He, he wasn't dealing with death the way we would deal with it. But for him, existence was halacha. And since dead people no longer have halachas... No longer have mitzvahs... No longer have Yisurim... Then that's non-existent. But the fact that the soul connected to halacha through hollows Gives them existence. That's how he... Very fascinating insight. That's, that's his insight into it. But it, but just as a marshal. For the person who sees himself as his shama, as his ruchnias, then everything else is, is. But we're talking about the end of a road that, like Chazal said, only malachim. I mean, it was a madriga we had and lost. Base. He's now going to explain a little bit about the second luchos. And he's going to present a certain aspect that may have been in the second luchos that weren't in the first luchos. Ksiv. Vayoyim HaShem al-Moisheh psal luchos avonikor Yishenim. V'chassavti al luchos is a dvoram luchos or Yishenim shashibarta. Baluchos luchos there was the guf aluchos ma'shemayim. Va luchos ma'shelikim. Etzlashniyos, by the second luchos it says ksiv psal um, it's, it, the difference is not in the writing on the Luchos. On the writing on the Luchos it says, I'll write it, but you're going to cut the stone out. In other words, the content will be the same, the shell will be the same, but a very different body. The stone so to speak, of the first Luchos were Maisel They were divine in nature. The second, the stone was stone cut by human the writing remained divine that's the big difference in the first one even the stone was, was divine and Kamoshe Isa said the Atem I thought that you'd reached a divine Madrega. Och in to Musa, you're going to die just like Adam died, you fell through Madrega, and, and you are Bar to Musa. And the goof lost its Madrega, it no longer was angelic in nature, and it was there. Now he brings over here um, I'm gonna skim through it. Um, That whatever was in the first luchos was in the same in the second luchos. There was no difference in terms of the content of it. Um, And he brings a zohar Kaddish. Again, I'm going to skip simply because I don't want to lose the thread of thought. That that the zohar Kaddish says you're not allowed to say that there's any difference between the first and second luchos. Mm -hmm. Now this is fascinating because the gemara. The Gemara does point out differences. You can open up a chumash and look at differences. And obviously what it means is there is no difference in the intent or in the content. But there is a difference in how it's presented. Like we said before, when I need to re-explain something, I'm going to use different points based on what I feel I need to get across. Okay, so let's look at Gimel. He's going to point out one more distinction. This is on page uh, I and on the start of Gimel over here. The says, between each dibur, there was all of the diktuk, which means References, inferences, um, allusions, all the subtle messages that are not written. Um, so you had filled in between each one all the words and nuances of Torah and the and that between each every deeper would say, okay. These are the words of the Dibur. These are the Kalvachomas that are involved with it. These are all the points that the Gemara will bring. Everything, everything that we now know through the Talmud was written in. He contrasts it with a Medrash that says, Agadosh Baruch told Moshe, don't worry about Luchas Heshoinahs, because all you had was the, the, the ten Dibris. And the Luchas Shnias, I will give you all of the Halachas Medrashas Nagadis. So this Mandrish implies that in the first uh, Luchos we didn't have it, and only in the second Luchos. It almost, it's almost contradicts each other. I would like to push the question a little further. A type a type of Chazal like this means not that it was inscribed in tiny letters, it means everything was intended, anything that Chazal would, would bring out was there already. So how can you say it didn't exist in the first Luchos? That's really, um, a, 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 it's sort of sharpening a question. So let's discuss this outside instead of reading it because it's a little bit more of a fine point and try to understand. The Gemara has, we, we today, we learn Talmud Bavli. That occupies 90% of our time. Halach is based on Talmud Bavli. Um, you know, Talmud Yashalmi is, is an important work, but halachically it does not at all come into it. It's a difficult thing to learn. It's much smaller than the Bavli, but it's much more difficult. It, to, us, to us today, Talmud Bavli is the core of Torah. And yet, the Gemara says, Machshakim Moshivani, a Baruch who cast us in darkness, Zut Talmud Bavli. That's Talmud Bavli. So, so how do you understand... I mean, it, it, so so. How is it that we occupy ninety percent of our learning time with Talmud Bavli and is Talmud Bavli and and everything? Any you have a distinction between Bavli and anything else, Bavli is your default setting. So, so how do we understand that that idea that it's dark and so on? So let's give a muscle. Um Let's go back to instinctive knowledge, and uh, and. Uh, and, the, and, uh, and analytic knowledge. We'll say intuitive knowledge and analytic knowledge. Imagine somebody is given a contract, a lawyer is given a contract to read over. So, um, again, if he's a beginner, he is, or if he's not particularly astute, he's going to go over word for word, line by line, and he's going to try to ask himself What could you possibly mean over here What could this be, what could that be What could the other thing be What is he trying to do, what is he trying to cover And so on And it's tedious um, it's, it's obviously error prone In the sense That if you skip a step or two um, you, you, you know You missed out And, uh, and, and it's us try and learn and say, Well could he mean this But two paragraphs later it's different And so on and so forth We have somebody who's intuitive, and as soon as he reads it, he says, no, this is what he's trying to say. This is what he wants. This is the trap that's hidden, and and this is what he's overlooking. Um, And and we have it in different same thing uh, as somebody, but doctor, medical. Some people, you know, a a younger doctor will go through, you just take the book and, you know, you take every symptom and you go through every possibility and you can test for it, and, and you get to a diagnosis. Or... Somebody who's a veteran and has tens of years' experience will look at it, and pretty much he doesn't want to get sued, so he does all the things anyway. You know, or maybe picks up something on the insurance, but but he doesn't need to. He, he'll look at it and, by and large, he'll be right about it. So we say to ourselves, certainly, the, the analytic process is more tedious, and it's needed when you don't have the intuitive sense of things, um, but. If you don't have an intuitive sense, you must have the analytic sense, and and to 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 work based on your intuition when the intuition is not excellent is, is is asking for trouble. When we speak about Torah having all sorts of drushes, kalvachomas, tzayashava, nuances, and, and 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 all sorts of little clues in the pasuk, there, there are two ways to go about it. There's one: as soon as you hear the Torah read, you know instinctively what it means. A, there's a sense of intuition about what the words mean, but it's deeper than that. A, a mother will m- many times know much quicker what a child wants, or what's bothering him or whatever, m- than a professional psychologist because she knows the child. And you know, on the other hand, a, a mother has her emotions that sometimes don't let her get to the truth because of her emotional ties. And that's why, you know, that's the advantage of having an outsider. But in terms of a sense of things, a, a, a mother will have it because she knows the child. It's not psychology, it's as the child. It, um, the, you know, you'll, you'll always get you know, this type of thing. I, my husband is going to like it or he's not going to like it. You know, my wife will appreciate it, she won't appreciate it. Because you, at, at some point you know the person well enough that you pick that up. The, um, the, the, it, it, if we had a relationship with Akash Baruch Hu where we were ruchnius in this type of madriga then we would have an instinctive feel for what's right and what's wrong um, I guess if I were to give um, a, a parallel to it it's what we call today Das Torah in its broad sense where somebody replies not based on a pusik a Raya or something, but a sort of sense, I think it's inappropriate. Um, and if you feel the person is on a, madr- a higher madriga where he would have an instinctive sense of it, that becomes what you trust. The, the, if we were in a madriga where we were sort of in sync with the Torah, so we would catch on to the nuances and the details automatically. We wouldn't need to learn back and forth. So yes, if we're not holding there, then we must learn Talmud Bavli. Then we can't just say this is right here, this is right here. Based on what? Why? How? What about the contradictions? What about other places where it's different? The Pilpul is an analytical tool which is necessary because we don't have the intuitive sense to Paschalacha. It says there's an extraordinary Gemara in Sanhedrin. It, it, it's based on Pasek. It says that when when Mashiach comes, he will, it says, he will be able to sniff out the good and the bad with his Yerushimai. And the Gemara says he could look at, um, at something and tell immediately if it's kosher or not based on his quote-unquote sense of smell. Meaning, the smell means the intuition. But Mashiach is somebody whose madriga is going to be such that has the intuitive sense of it. But we don't, we are in darkness. We're, we're, we're people with, with, with a lot of coarseness to us and we're far cry from it. And therefore, unless we do it analytically, and that's the, that's the answer that he gives, I've just expanded on it, in the contradiction of these two Hazal. Yes, in the first Luchos, the information was between the lines. It was automatic. It was when you finished the deeper you knew what it was. The second Lujos you needed to, to, to work out the Calvahomas and, and, and the and the and the, and the Raias, all of that. Let's move on to, um, I guess, the final part because I, I'm a time constraint. Let's look at a wood pay. Lujos Veshevi luchos. <laughs> We have something very, very, so so let's just keep track. So we have two luchos were given to us. The first luchos were a madrega, where there was almost no distinction between the medium and the message. It meant that we could relate to Torah intuitively, instinctively, as a reflex. Whereas today, we need... We don't have that. There's a big gap between what we know is right and what we do. There is a a, a lack of clarity about what's right to do in any situation. And we need to go the long route. But we have something very, very strange in the the core of Kalal Yisrael's um, spiritual center. We have Besamikdash, Kodesh Kadoshim, There's an Oron. And in the Oron, you have the Luchos that we have plus the broken luchos. The, the luchos that are a reminder of our worst moment. Why we keep them around? What's it for? So he says, Ksiv, Vasi rosi es kapai, Vriis paneli liro. Moshe Rabbeinu asked, after the chet, he said, I would like to get a sense of Hashem. And he said, I will pass by. you will see me from the back, but not my not the front.. That in, is encapsulates Lukho. Let's describe what he talks over here. When we see a person from the back side, I see a person from the back, and I want to identify him. How do I identify him? I don't, it's not easy to identify somebody when you see the back of the person. You say, how tall is he? How broad is he? What color shirt is he wearing? What hair does he have? And what color hair? It's, it's all simonim. These are all um, items that I need to tick off, which we could say, like we spoke about, analytic when you're looking at a person from the front, I recognize him. He looks familiar. I, I don't go through that. It's one of the it's one of the big differences between a computer and a person. Computers can only analyze. They they don't have an intuitive sense. So even face recognition, but you know, you have all these things when they wanna you know when they when they want to make sure it's not a computer that's sending off the thing, they give you like letters and and numbers that are stretched out of shape, and a person still recognizes it. Because it, 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 a, a computer can only work with an algorithm and it works by painstakingly taking apart all the information, picking apart the information and and, you know, and working with some algorithm. Um, it doesn't have, intuition is alien to a computer. It's not possible, because we, we don't know how to, we can't make an algorithm for intuition so we can't put it in a computer. Um, it, it, the, and therefore, he says, the, the the type of nevoah that Akadosh Baruch Hu said, now that you've sinned and there's no more Lukas or shyness, the maxim I can show you is a Chorai, but not Ponai. you no longer able, the Rambam the Rambam writes about this in Yeshua Torah. He asks, what does it mean Moshe want to see God's face? We know God doesn't have anything physical. What are we talking about? So the Rambam says he wanted the type, of, of sense of God that one has, just like when one sees a person face-to-face, it's, 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 it's automatic recognition, it's internal recognition, it's not via some sort of proofs. He wanted to have that type of relationship with God, not God through proof or analysis or whatever, but an, an intuitive instinctive recognition. recognition. Hashem said, no, that's, that's not going to happen now. It's Mehurai. Which is again, it's the process of painstakingly getting to understanding by going from the back forwards instead of the other way around. And then he says, he brings the next paragraph, that you can learn this pasik in two ways. You will be able to see the back and then the face that 's very cryptic Louis-Jerim is cryptic and he says that, and he explains it in other words, in the second Luchos, if you try to see from the face backwards, you won 't see it. but if you work your way up from the back to the front, then you 'll get to it you 'll get to, this, to the right answer but through analysis, not through recognition and intuition. And that's why the second luchos are where we are today, which means nothing in Ruchnius and in Torah will come easy to us. It's, 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 it's breaking ground, it's, it's work, it's sweat, because we're trying to reach to something that we're not. So every step of the way there's a certain climb of the mountain, and it's difficult. And then he finishes, the, the paragraph on the left side, but it says that in the Oren, we had Sheva as well. What this teaches us is, we haven't lost it totally. We don't keep it around. It's a horrible souvenir. It's a souvenir of our worst moments. The answer is no. We still have something of Luchas Shyness. If we would have lost it completely, why would we keep it laying around? Even after the Shvira a person could put them together still. If we work our way step by step, somewhere along the line, we still can touch it. We, we know we have a masourist. They were given to us and never taken from us. They were broken. They can't be used directly. But they're still part of our sense of things. We have it at least in, um, we have it in potential. So so it's something we can't get to it directly, but by working we can get to it, it as well. And therefore, he says, and this is, he finishes up, that we still have it as uh, something we can strive for, even though we don't have it straight out. And the last paragraph on last page, 160. Every year,, because that's when the first looks were given, there's some, there is something of that light of Lu shyness that comes to us. And a person needs to prepare himself to have some of it.. In other words it's something that we have in a certain progression today the world we live in in terms of ruchnius has darkness to it and it's and we need to sweat and it's difficult it's an uphill battle in a certain sense but the fact is a we progress when we work hard and we become better and more understanding and more important we have some sort of connection with a different type of understanding. When we speak about um, big people who are able to... the stories with Chavetz Chaim and many others that they served them something and they said, you know, I, I don't know, I can't eat it. I, I, I don't want to eat it. And, and they would find it was kosher or something. There's a sense we have it because we have Shiva Luchas as well. So I guess just to sum up and to recap a minute, understanding Matan Torah there's obviously the content of Torah but there's a, there's a whole other dimension and that is the interaction between our neshama and guf which to us means our understanding with our neshama of what's right to our reflecting it not what we do, what we don't do but our instincts and our reflexes and, 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 and how we act the the is is, is 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 the real balance. Matan Torah was meant to be a moment when we would become. I thought you'd be divine people. I thought your person would become divine, and your natural instincts would 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 be in in, in tune with it. It didn't happen. We we didn't. It it, it we lost it. And today. for the most part we do need to work and we we need to think it through and and to get the answers sometimes we know sometimes we don't know Halacha is mostly what we don't know Halacha is back and forth Kasha's Raya is back and forth and very rarely is there something that we have that's final um, but that's what we have and that's have to go by but there is one Nechama that we have is that the Shiver Luchas are still part of Kaiso Kashpacha never took it back we still have a piece of stone that's as divine as the words are written on it. And that gives, that means it's us. Someday we'll be zochoted completely. That will become our metziyaz, v'as Hashem. And every Shavuos, we, we have some sort of ha'ara from it that enlightens us. Uh, to, that hour, to those hours. We just want to make a few, make a few announcements. Just I'll come and I'm speaking for the ladies this is in Mrs. Rose's house at five thirty. Uh, Topic is about Tarot. Um, Flyer will go up at some point in time. I'm speaking next Monday night about oops, the whole office of how to shower on Yom Tif. doing a proper shower on Yom Tov. If you're doing one you already, do it right. Um, Rabbi Biondi is speaking this first day. That's for all, all those for ladies. I'm so speaking the first day Yom Tov, I think at 5.30. In the Shiva, also for ladies. And the second day Yom Tov, I'm speaking for men at 5.30. Okay. When is the Shower room. It's for ladies. Okay.